Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Tudora. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. I have been having a very hard time with spirituality in the last little while, I guess, last week, since it wasn't something that was top of mind last time we spoke, and now mm. it definitely is. It's hard to articulate, but it's like, there's this phrase, spiritual bypassing, that gets thrown around a lot, right? Well, if you, have you, you heard this term? No. The, there's there Maybe it's like more of a new age thing, but it definitely needs to be mainstream in like regular Buddhism in the United States in particular. Um, it's basically the use of spiritual experience or spiritual practice or direction in your life to sort of avoid actual emotional or psychological things. Okay. Um, and, you know, the more your sort of religion or spiritual system like tries to encompass everything, like tries to have explanations or solutions for all kinds of distress and suffering and, you know, mental angst and, you know, and, and like tension and, and stuff like that. Uh, the more, the more that your system tries to account for that in its own like spiritual terms, the easier this is to, uh, to do. But like, I've seen so many people do this and I've always found myself thought myself to be a little more self-aware than that. But mm-hmm. it's like suddenly be- become it's suddenly become much simpler for me to explain my problems to myself by saying I have like anxiety pr- issues, you know, like not even really know- knowing exactly what that means, but just sort of taking everything that everybody's ever said to me about that and like trying to relate to it like that's so much more simple of an explanation than like any of the things that any of my various spiritual practices have to offer me and like none of the practices that I have feel like ways to address that thing Mm -hmm. and I would it would just be this would just be all in my head except that it's manifesting itself very obviously in like parenting and relationship situations and it's being like raised to me uh, that I'm like not doing well with my level of anxiety it's like coming out and Mm -hmm. affecting people yeah and like it's obviously true and if that's the case despite all this spirituality that's meant to make me at peace with my reality then perhaps those are not the things that are going to help after all I think there's a time and a place for everything, you know? I think that, like, you know, dogmatism, I guess, is just, like, re- probably rely on relying on religion too heavily for mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that maybe don't, you know, that it doesn't need to be involved with every single time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a, you know, there's a time for therapy and there's a time for anxiety medications and there's a time for just stuff that's, that's not spiritual fixes. You know, we, 
you go back to our our um therapy episode mm-hmm. and whatever what was going through you at that time was something that spirituality was going to help you with yeah and you knew that you knew that it wasn't a therapy fix that i needed it was a spirituality fix and i think sometimes it could be the other way around or something completely different mm-hmm. i mean i still don't think a therapy fix is going to fix anything for me it's more just like uh maybe i should consider psychiatric medications for the first time in my life or something you know like well it's it was that just simple. an example yeah i mean just other things besides spirituality you yeah. know um but yeah. you know and, and if that's if that's where you're at then it i don't think like it goes against anything <laughs> no me either but but the, but what do you think about this bypassing idea that like now, this isn't intrinsic to Buddhism or Zen or spirituality or anything like that. It's just like in this kind of culture that we're in, there is this option of mm-hmm. avoiding like mental health, basically. Yeah. By concentrating on spirituality and making it more important. Do you think that's real? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever seen it? And somebody else yeah i mean i think the i think for sure um the form i've seen in it mostly is is that they you can really bypass anything yeah right you could you could bypass learning about anything because you have all the answers with right. spirituality yeah for sure so you know you, you know it's like Definitely met people who've decided, well, I don't really need to learn about science. Yeah. It's all in my spiritual practice. Yeah. Or I don't need to learn about anything, really. And that's, it's wrong. Hmm. That's a great comparison. And, and it's almost like equally harmful in some ways. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the problem with it, right? Like with the problem with spiritual bypassing is that you cause harm to yourself and to others around you in the name of something that justifies it to you. Well, yeah. And maybe, you know, that could even, it could even go against your spiritual practice too. Right. By use it as a bypass, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. It feels like Zen is supposed to be resilient to this by just having no goals and aims and just deflecting all of that kind of stuff. And it is in some ways, but I guess I still got myself into a situation. Again, I'm like not blaming the practice for this. This is just what Mm. I did. Yeah. I got myself into a situation where Zazen was still this like relaxation thing. It was for get like regulating my system. And even if that's true, like I guess I did, there was another step, which is that I allowed this belief to form Mm -hmm. that if I did that a lot, it would like lower my temperature as a person. 
mm-hmm. in a way that would necessarily like take care of this anxiety by making me chill out. I don't think you were entirely wrong, but I guess it's just, I don't know. It's not like a one fix all. Sure. You know, right. Yes. I panacea guess of, of everything, even though I guess we do. Maybe, maybe that is the rhetoric. Yeah, but it, but it's not, it's not like what sensei says. Sensei no, it's not what sensei says. It's just sort of possible to internalize it this way if you're sure really hungry for something that's like aesthetically pleasing as a fix all for your situation. I went through something recently like that. Yeah. Some kind of realization of my own bias and it was uncomfortable. I was writing the script and mm-hmm. I had all these conspiracy theories. I don't think mm-hmm. they were exactly coded uh, right, like far right conspiracy theories, uh-huh. but a lot of them could be interpreted that way. And I needed one sentence of like one far left conspiracy theory. Hmm. And I think the, the easiest ones would be something with Trump. But because he's not the president anymore, I didn't really want to go there. I didn't think it'd be relevant. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I was like, okay, let me just think of something. And I did research and I looked into it. And I found that there are studies to suggest that, uh, you know, people on the left are just as prone to conspiracies as people on the right. And mm. the fact that I couldn't think of one. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Meant that I probably believe in some. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I I looked and I looked and it was uh what I finally found was was uh just the the belief in in voter fraud, which is you know I guess could be true in some instances, but that's not really the point of a conspiracy because cons- sometimes conspiracies are true. Um, there's they have a very specific definition of. That there's someone at the top that's kind of controlling something and, you know, what we see happening isn't what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. So voter fraud, most people, when they when they go through an election and the person they think who is going to win doesn't win, they they blame it on voter fraud. Mm -hmm. And I have heard this. On both sides, so sure. I know it is true. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and uh, there are times where I like maybe did believe it, and I'm not saying it wasn't. Again, like it, 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 there's still a possibility for it to be true, but not probably not every single time. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, these biases they change your thinking, right? Yeah, like it's not like it's something that's available to you to notice and analyze if it's a if it's like a real bias that really gets in there it becomes the thing by which you do all of your analysis and i sort of feel like this is what i was doing i had like so normalized the idea that zazen is the true mental health regimen and that the other mental health regimens are the false ones that like, it seemed absurd to me to look at it a different way. 
And that's like the hard part, right? That's the hard part about partisanship or ideology or conspiratorial thinking. You know, all of those kinds of categories of thing is like, it requires you to try on a different perspective in order to see around something like that. Mm -hmm. And you can't do it if the thing that you're, if the perspective that you have has become the whole world. It like doesn't even make sense that there could be another way of seeing. And I guess that's what real bias is. It's mm. like unconscious. I have always like strived to be someone who's who's very much unbiased, like balanced mm. mm-hmm. opinion. And I think compared to some people I probably am. Uh but then there's also this other bias that's like the the bias of like what whatever is directly in the middle is true. Mm-hmm. And I probably fall into that bias. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to be unbiased, I just kind of fall into a different bias. Uh-huh. The 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 instinct behind that seems good to me. Like extremes are probably wrong. Yes. But then I guess the bias is like, what if one of these extremes is actually the moderate and sensible way. Yeah. Cause sometimes they are. Yeah. Sometimes like throughout history, what, what seemed like an extreme ended up being what we adopted and became our normal. So yeah. right. Yeah. We don't see it as extreme today, but back then it might've been a different story. Mm-hmm. And being able to see both sides can put you in the perspective of being like, well, both are right in some ways, but sometimes one is just wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, at least like from their perspective, they're right. I, I'll give them that, that like they probably have a reason for thinking the way they do, but sometimes it's just not the, the thing that's going to benefit humanity. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It raises the question though, like, how do you get out of one of these? How does society get out of one of these? How does an individual get out of one of these? And the, the, the way, I mean like the way I got out of the one that I was just in is I was confronted. Right. Mm -hmm. And that works on an interpersonal level. On a mass level, it doesn't seem to work very well, right? Because like if you have a movement with you, you can all convince yourselves very easily that you're 100% right. Yeah. And that even if you're, if you're like in the minority, that makes you more right because of, you know, how elite or enlightened your view is and how like deluded oh, yeah, the we masses love the, are. We love the underdog story. That Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> we love, uh, you know, having that sort of one person who is right and can, can lead the cause. And we're all our own protagonist in our head. 
We have like everybody to a certain extent has like main character syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean the 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 word that I've liked to use the sort of maybe like philosophically tuned word for like characterizing that kind of belief or ideology is solipsism, right? Which is like the belief that you believe that you live in your own universe, that like you are mm. the you are the the real being and everything else that you experience is like sort of calibrated for you, including other beings. Yeah. And I mean, I think everybody feels that way at one point in their life, like when we're children. Yeah, sure. I think that's like a, it's, you know, a a thing that people have studied. Mm -hmm. I remember feeling like that. I actually thought that people were robots and Hmm. like, I was the only real one with the only consciousness, mm. which was scary. Yeah. But, you know. You mean like you sort of realized it one day consciously and you were like, oh, wow, what if I'm the only yeah, one? Yeah, like, right. What if, yeah, what if everybody else is just robots and I'm the only one with like a consciousness? Uh-huh. Do you remember the sort of arc of what happened? Um, No, not really. I mean, mm. I, I think I just... It, it always it always crossed my mind for a long time. And, you know, and then I would also think this. I would think, like, okay, but, like, how am I me? How did I end up here mm. in my body? And I would just, I don't know. It would just freak me out a lot. So, like. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah. Neither one of them really made a lot of sense. But, like, so even if. If I'm not the only one with the consciousness and everybody has consciousness, why am I in my specific consciousness and how did that get chosen? So <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that seems like a way out of it. Like, because it leads you maybe to the realization that like this probably happens to everybody and it's not like special that that mine is so weird. I don't know. I mean, you 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 said, and I think you're right that like this that that there's like a solipsism phase for like many or if not most people. I mean, do you think that's developmental? Is it like a childhood yeah. thing? You have to learn more about other people to sort of model them enough to believe that they have their own reality too. Yeah, I mean, I think that you just you're around people enough and um you know, you you start to build empathy for others. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then at that point, it's like almost it doesn't matter what they are. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they are. You still care about them. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's easy to, to put yourself in their place. And, uh-huh. um, you know, I think I think it's a good thing. I think we like doing it sometimes. You know, even when we're watching a movie, that's kind of what we're doing. Is mm. Putting ourselves in the shoes of whoever the characters mm-hmm. are in that situation. Yeah, it's like practicing empathy to yeah um, to consume to to experience a story. I, I hate the word consume for art. I don't mean to use it. Experience is better. Sometimes I consume it. Sometimes I experience. Right. I guess <laughs> yes. It's sort of on us <laughs> to to make the difference. Having just written a story about a person with these kinds of biases, like. What do you how I want I'm interested in how you inhabited it to write it and like whether it's more like this person never grew out of the phase that you're talking about 
or if something no, in life can so. happen that changes you that way or yeah but tell me about the character I feel like to a certain extent like I I really am this character mm. um I just maybe they're just more extreme like more like a more a little more exaggerated uh-huh. but like I see those tendencies um in myself and you know I mean I'm on YouTube way too much like, I have never broken that habit. And I might, like, you know, it's like, well, what do you do? Like, am I going to delete it? I'll, I'll probably just, like, Google it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'll still have YouTube. They make it really easy for you. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's constantly watching YouTube. Like, everything he does mm-hmm. just constantly mm-hmm. in his hands. And then he just reiterates everything that he, he hears. That's his belief system. Mm-hmm. And... I I'm absolutely certain that that I do the same thing. Mm. I would like I would like to think that I I'm consuming it at a a, a level that's uh you know that 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 they taught me how they taught me in film school to uh experience the media, but that can't be the case because I'm passively I'm passively consuming it. Mhm. Which lets it shape your thinking and experience, which yeah. starts to sound a little bit like what I was saying earlier about biases, about them becoming part of your thinking and not just being content of your thinking. Yeah, and it is starting to make me question like, what, um, I don't know how much of it is... How much of it I rely on for my opinion. I mean, a lot of the the people I listen to will be experts in their field. They'll be like lawyers or doctors or or something like that. But I mean, but that's my bias, right? That mm-hmm. like experts have the best opinions. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. Even in the case of my own life that I began by talking about, like there's a large part of me that feels like I've tried everything and that all this ridiculous spiritual pageantry is sort of my last ditch effort to do something about it because like I tried all of the conventional things before. It's not true. Like I've, I've not the one other, actually I would say the final frontier for me is like actually being medicated and like, I'm terrified of that. Mm, That feels really contrary to my way of living and i i don't Mm -hmm. i don't want to face that possibility and so i've tried everything else except that one thing that might actually work uh and but it's it, it and so like okay there is this one other hard choice but like what if that doesn't work i why should i expect that to be the magic bullet instead of any of the other things that i've tried and, and and so, yeah, I don't know what to do except just sort of hobble along. I think that this is in in this is just me thinking out loud, but mm-hmm. like sometimes it's just not it's just not the same thing every single time. Mm. Like I think that we want there to be like I've always wanted to be this person. I am more now than I used to be, but like. 
being consistent with something, being committed to something and dedicate to it because, and then it will never let you down. Mm. <laughs> uh, but what I actually tend to do is grab tor- gravitate towards different things at different stages of my emotions and depending on what I'm going on, going through in my life. And sometimes I'm not as spiritual and sometimes I like to do more artwork and more creative things. And sometimes I like to hang out with more friends and sometimes I just, you know, want to be outside a lot. And every single time it's different because I think that I want the solutions to be there immediately. Like, oh, I've already gone through so many things in life. I should be like 100% prepared for what's Mm. next because I've gone through it before or something similar. But I can tell you right now, it's never ever the exact same thing. Mm. So like I'm going through another like health, like cycle of not feeling good. And you would think like, oh, I've gone through these before. (laughs) We're good. Like that's just, I should have been just really happy, you know, because like I went so long without having them. That almost made it worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it almost, well, I'll say it, it almost makes it harder to deal with than it is now. Mm-hmm. Because I want to not have to go through those cycles. I want to be so strong that I never have to go through it again. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunately not how things are and not how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. This insight, I mean, it's. It's the kind of thing we say maybe all the time without fully appreciating how true it is that like, it's never the same. There's always something completely unprecedented about an experience. And there's like, sure, cyclical patterns to it and rhymes and Mm -hmm. sort of like things that are reminiscent of things that have happened. But you're so right to point at how like, reflecting on it can make it harder like like feeling like you know what to do and how to handle this and then confronting how awful it still is anyway that feels like a defeat yeah because i i want to be the type of person that has problems but just overcomes them because I already know how to do that somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think to a certain extent I am, but it's not to not to the effect full effect that I want I want to be. And I don't think I'm ever gonna be that person. I have this just too high of expectation for life and like what I can accomplish with like being a robot or something. I don't mm. know. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think you bring to like another new iteration of this trial from past experience? Other than memories. Or is that it? No, it's it it's more than just memories. It's um I guess it's the priorities. Mm. So, like, I I have 
what I think are more important. And I'm less likely now to um, hold or to like push those things back or not stand up for them than I used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's the biggest difference, but it's still hard every time. So, But are these things that like support you through it? Or just keep it think keep things together outside of that experience, or what what kinds of things do you prioritize now that you maybe that you didn't before? Well, just prioritizing my physical and, and mental health above everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I mean I get myself into these situations where I want to commit to something and I want to do a good job, but my health doesn't really allow me to do that every single time. And I feel bad when I can't do the things that I said I'm going to do. But at the end of the day, I am going to do what's right for my physical and mental health before I do what's right for other people. Mm. And that sounds selfish, but I don't I'm not going to be a good person if I don't do that. I, I, I'm I mean, I think I started this conversation by saying, like, by not doing that, I have I have neglected my family and relationships. And like they are telling me now that my number one priority is to take care of myself for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't sound selfish to me at all. It sounds like exactly the advice that I need. <laughs> yeah, because you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. Householders is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at ASZC.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gashaw.